Journey into comics. Poor 360. Journey into wrestling. Foodies watching movies. Adulting ain't easy. Podcastrophy. Kids for Sale. Voice Survival Podcast. Crucial Tunes. Gallif Radio. Breeze with Dudes. Dungeons with Dudes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or at journeyintocomics.com. The following, the following, the following. Journey, into journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. I am Andrew Poor, host of Poor 360 and co-host of Adulting Ain't Easy and Foodies Watching Movies, and I want to thank you for listening to the best of the week, the one place you can get a taste of what our network has to offer. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics. We are live right here at the North End Pub for Fun for Funs, a Journey Into Comics Network event. We've just been slayed by all of the bands. We've had all the podcasts. It's time to do the wrap-up. We're bringing the Nerds of the Roundtable back. Let's just get that shit right out of the way. Nerds of the Roundtable 4, and I brought an amazing cast with me today. We're going to go clockwise, actually, just to be fair. We're going to have our first-timer on the show today. Welcome for the first time ever, Alex Buckles. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Glad to have you on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, you have been guesting on Dungeons with Dudes quite frequently. That is correct, yes. You just got through with the uh, Death House. Yes, round one of the Death House uh, into Barovia Bros, I believe, is the new tag for it. Shit, yeah. yes. And up next, we're going to introduce the man you know him and love him from Podcastrophy every Thursday on the Journey into Comics Network and also on podcastrophypod.podbean.com. Welcome, Dick Tyner. I'm Dick Tyner. Welcome. Hi, thanks. You good? I'm good. Great. I'm glad you're here. Welcome (laughs) back. Also, returning to the show for the third time in four weeks, it's become kind of a... uh uh, it's become a, we, we're kind of it's a fling right now. What's up with that? Hey there, bub. I'm that guy that you invite in for a holiday and then I just don't leave. I'm okay with that. Welcome back he, to he's, Journey into Comics. He's really playing out the Minnesota long goodbye. Real quick, Tyler. <laughs> Can we verify that that mic? I'm, I'm not hearing yes. any sound out of that <clears> one there, <throat> bub. And I'm just saying something to fill the awkward silence. You got some, you got some good H2O uh, in that I got, thing? I, got, uh, I have green tea. Now. Green tea and you try honey. Just say anything, Buckles. I will say anything, Buckles. Yeah, we got you there, Much Buckles. Better. Absolutely. Also yeah, joining us, a first-timer on the Journey into Comics podcast. Not a first-timer on the network. He's been featured on Podcast Free Brews with Dudes, Dungeon with Dudes. You've seen him everywhere. He's kind of a network whore, as it were. That's Welcome how I started wow. out to Ooh, the Journey into Comics network podcast, Mr. AJ. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right until you called me a whore. It was it was in love. It was a love whore. It <laughs> a, was whore a, a whore hey in man. love. This you're, is you're the better. pretty woman of the podcast. That's how I yeah, started that's exactly out. That's how is. Blaine started out, I mean, too. he doesn't get paid for it, so is he really a whore or is he a slut? Well, oh, he could man. just be... Uh, I'm just building up my reputation. I was going to say groupie is the perfect phrase. I'm getting a lot of what people in the industry call notoriety. Notoriety. People remember his name. So we're here for a purpose. Oh, I've got questions. You guys might have questions or topics to throw at me. I want to just get this out of the way. As you guys know, recently Fox officially purchased by Disney. Right. We now officially have opportunities for the X-Men Fantastic Four, and I don't know if you guys saw it. The only person, yeah, the only person who made it onto Disney's site after the merger was Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds like, yeah. is not going anywhere at Deadpool. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they have outright said that they are rebooting everything. Oh yeah, 
sans Deadpool. Right? Oh, yeah. They've, they've actually come out and said they were keeping it at an R rating, I do believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think that it is a genius move, but that's not why we're here to talk about how good the move is and how this and that and the other. I have a genuine question. Right now, you guys have been given the keys to the kingdom. Kevin Feige said, fuck it, I quit. I want to go do shrooms in the forest. And <laughs> it sounds like a Kevin I'm Feige sure that's thing. How we got beta rate sure, let's pull that. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it plays out. Okay. okay, so here is the question I have. I don't know who wants to start. Throw your hand up when you're ready. You guys have all kind of been privy to this question this. before, but you have the keys to the kingdom. You are now tasked with finding a way to introduce the X-Men and the Fantastic Four into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Choose your own adventure. How do you do this? Buckles. First thought I had, honestly, I sat here and puzzled over it, but really Fantastic Four has their own origin story that sets alone from everything else. You can do their origin story as is pretty okay. well just from the start. Do you think, though, that with them having already done that in uh, more accurately in the 2005 version and way the fuck less accurately in the 2014 <laughs> whatever the hell that was, uh, do you think that that's, again, almost like the Spider-Man origin? It's been overdone, and maybe uh, we need to just yes get no. into the action? Yes and no. Like, I think it still could be done, considering that people have pretty well forgotten the Chris Evans Fantastic Four at this point. Fair point. He might have been a scroll in that universe. I would think hope so at this point. So. Uh, I want to I throw this in there, too. Let me ask you this. If you're a fan of the Fantastic Four, now that they're going to be breaking in on the scene here relatively quickly, I would imagine... How soon do you want Galactus? Because, in my opinion, he's got to be your next big bad, like yeah. Thanos. He's got to be. So then he's 22 movies from now. He's got to be. I'd sort of, I'd, I'd, truthfully, I'd rather see the uh, Annihilation yeah. Wave than Galactus. Okay, I like it. I think that maybe Galactus is a, if you want a genuine endgame for the whole MCU, mm-hmm. they're wrapping it. They have Ooh, like told that. their story. Okay. Let very Galactus true. be the guy that fucking comes and puts it on them. That could be very well. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I, somebody suggested to me earlier, I like the idea of Doom being the next main villain just because it will bring things back, back a little bit lower to center. Yeah. Uh, a little bit back to earth, I guess, would be the right way to put it. He's such a visceral villain. It is, and it's it would be a nice turnaround from Thanos. Well, I think I think <sighs> Doctor Doom is a character that can be thwarted in movie one and just keep lingering right. and right. keep nagging you through right. ten movies. And in the third movie, he's paying the bad guys to do his bidding because he, he's building Latveria. He's oh. intelligent enough to be the puppet master and pull the strings. Very true. Um, you know, and maybe maybe a little bit of anti-hero Doctor Doom thrown in there too. Where, hey guys, I'm trying to help you out. There's this dude; he's being a dick, and then it turns out that it's Doom been the one pulling the strings all along. Damn, that would be gangster, There's especially no if you start to introduce, say, Norman Osborn, mm-hmm. and he gets pulling mm. from oh, Doom. Yeah. I mean, mm. then the interconnectivity becomes oh, that's just like you've always got the uh, the red herring of having a Doom bot. Yes, like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. man, you know what? I will say this: we covered this on the podcast a long time ago. Veronica and I actually watched the unreleased 1992 Fantastic Four movie. Really, it's pretty fucking good for 1992. <laughs> let me tell you. Like, I want them to release it now that they have it in their catalog because Disney owns it. Yeah, it true. really exists. I so. can't remember who all was. If there was anyone of name in Not really anybody of note, no. It was a lot of n- nobody guys. I tell you, whoever they had played Doom was fantastic. He nailed the character, maniacal, evil. He goes from skewed to totally fucking left of center. Like, it, it, was, it was amazing. But back was, to it. Was he Fantastic Four? 
What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. I got you, AJ. <laughs> I got you. But I like I like the concept of finding a way to utilize Doom maybe to bring in the Fantastic Four because Doom that. could be your front door. The Fantastic Four just coming in, in the, the rear. The that sounds. Cool, the kind of cool thing I've always thought about Doom was that uh, he ties in with all the other characters so well. Like hell, he even does enough magic to bring in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you can still get a lot of that oh, in. Fuck there. yes, I got the perfect idea. Okay, it's perfect. Let's hear it. AJ, so bring it on to us. Basically, we're gonna reset this entire universe anyway, so it doesn't matter how I bring how I bring them Keep in. Keep talking. Uh, what I want to do is. We can bring the X Men in, and we can bring the Fantastic, the Fantastic Four in, but they're going to be from the universe in which uh, Mister Fantastic opened up a parallel universe, finding out a parasite oh that God. turned everyone into zombies. Superheroes became zombies, ran rampant oh throughout shit. the entire world. I, I like so Mister Fantastic and you know the Fantastic Four and the X Men all come back as zombies through like this interdimensional rift. And just cause this entire apocalypse on a new world. Can I be honest? And that's with how you introduce it to the universe, uh, because then you can just reset. We're done. I, I'm not gonna lie. If you decide to do Marvel Zombies, take my money right. Oh, yeah. Fuck. yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't take it fast. Robert enough. Kirkman murdered Absolutely. that story. I thought you were gonna say Howard the Duck. Oh, Howard the Duck. We're already going there. We're working on that there. already. Kevin Smith's doing Whoa. that already. The animated, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Tyler? X Men uh, and or Fantastic Four and or both. I think you. Can, I think the the quickest and easiest and maybe the most action packed way to bring them all in at once. Uh, do a little uh, Secret Wars, little battle planet action. Oh, oh. you drop them. You drop every. Awesome. You drop everybody from this generation of Marvel in on a battle planet. You have someone like Doctor Doom or any villain that all you right. that you make captain oh. captain of of whoever. You know, the and Beyonder then, in yep, this universe. Oh. Bring the Beyonder in, and then, um, dude, that would be. This that is going to play really well right now. Then you let, then you let the Fantastic Four and the cast of the X Men, whoever you decide to recast in those roles, you let them be the supporting cast for who's left of what we have right now, and then going into quarter two of the MCU, you just play off of all that supporting cast that you've created. On Battle Planet. Okay, I have an interesting thought because it's going to tie back in another big component to the Secret Wars. Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. We know oh, man. <laughs> pretty much that time travel is going to be a thing in Avengers 4. Right. Kang does not like people fucking with time. Right. What if he were to show up and be like, Battle World is coming and you don't know when. Right. Like, it's coming. And then at some point... The fucking Avengers all come down. Mr. Captain Marvel lands. Spider-Man, fucking Black Panther, whoever you want to have in your cast, and the fucking entirety like Sokovia starts to go into space, yep. and they can't stop it, and oh, they have no cool. idea, and they're just like, "What? What? What? You can't." Then, quickly, let me say one last thing. Not only can you introduce both the X-Men and the Fantastic Four through your idea, you also back-channel a pure black suit Spider-Man the correct way. Yep, that's where I was gonna go. I was gonna go. Ooh. You, if yeah with the partnership between Marvel and Sony right now if the next Venom movie fails and they 
they don't continue to go down the road that they're going right now. I'm one of the people that enjoyed Venom. I know. I liked it well. I, I know that you not did perfect, not enjoy it. it, and you know why it wasn't. It wasn't that it was the worst thing ever. I think I said pretty valid reasons and what my disdain for how they changed the actual origin of that right. character is. Other than that, I thought the movie isn't bad. But if you want black suit Spidey, you gotta That's, do. You gotta yep. do. You gotta do it that way. The kind of cool thing I hadn't even considered this, but if you're talking about doing the uh, battle world and bringing in. You have gloves off to do whatever you want. That's how you can also integrate your defenders in. If you Absolutely, still want to do the yes. Stuff. Well, and there, there's characters that kind of got um, a bad first shake at it, like Hulk. the lizard. Yeah, very true. You know, very true. You know, you think back yeah. to '90s animated Spider-Man. Kirk Connors is the fucking man. Throw him in on Battle Planet, and let's see what happens. You know. Um, Give me an Electro that's not Jamie Foxx. Yes. Yeah. How about a non-Alfred Molina uh, Doc Ock? Yes. I didn't mind. I I liked Molina. I'm not saying I hated Molina. I'm just saying for the time. I mean, could you actually put Molina back in that role now and it almost worked better with a younger Tom Holland? I don't think so. No. Do you ge- okay? Now let me ask this genuine question: Do you gender bend if you bring Doc Ock in no. like they did in Spider Verse? Because that's an ultimate I, universe I thing. Would, no. The only the only other thing I would add to my kind of spiel is you brought up time travel. Now that you have Deadpool, that they said that they're going to keep the same. I imagine they're going to keep the supporting cast the same. You've got Cable. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh. So that's that, an interesting that's, yeah. problem. Those are, those are even more. You know, if you've got a book, that's even more pages that you're adding to that book that you can go any way that you want. You know, Cable that, gives you that freedom. Does that mean Brawlin fight Brawlin? Thanos know. versus Cable? I mean, it's happening. But the thing Actually, is, is they also want to tie this up with like a nice like little bow. They don't want to like leave a bunch of loose ends. And Look, stuff you've already and seen like, the end of end, of Endgame, and I, and this is something that I've read and was really looking at the footage. If the footage holds true. We have actually seen the finale of Endgame already. I've been in avoiding all of it, so I'm and trying. And the to only thing in the yeah. trailer that you see is Thanos walking in a field, right? And I think that's after the fact. You know, honestly, the idea of uh, bringing Cable sparks to mind doing Avengers versus X Men, which would be it. Just, I just honestly, I feel like with the story that they've written, it w- wouldn't fit. Cable won't fit. And the because really? uh, the thing it. is, is the end game's gonna end with Tony Stark wielding the Infinity Gauntlet. Because if you look I, at if you I look at it, look at every single Tony Stark film, like any film that he's ever been in, whether it be Iron Man or like Civil War or something like that, he sustains some injury or whatever, always to his left hand, every single time. Like you can look back and see every single time that he has an injury, it's his left hand. So Marvel has been calling for his left hand this entire time. <laughs> this is some. I'm not even shit, kidding. Man. It's so meta. It's so weird to think about. But like honestly, I predict right now, and you can you can you can mark it if you feel like. Mark it down. But Journey to Comics. Tony Stark will will I, I do I do the Infinity Gauntlet at the end because the Infinity Gauntlet is a left-handed gauntlet. Do you think it's going to take him then? Uh, I don't know. See, I, mean, I, think I, that'd feel be a like I feel like what he's to going do to do, do it. I love it. Is he re his contract yet? Uh, no one said what their contracts are doing. It, okay. It's elusive. It seems like, I mean, Chris Evans has said my contract is out, but right. that doesn't seem necessarily accurate. Uh, what could they do? They could throw him in the 40s, give him Peggy Carter in pure form, just or stick just, him Or just then. give him as a, what, what, I think what you and I talked about was just let, or no, it was Matt and I last week. 
just let Cap have retirement. There you go. He let doesn't want to be a soldier anymore. Right. Yep. And he can just. And you know what's really cool about that? Like ten years when he's gray, you can bring back old school Cap, and mm-hmm. he will be even. Oh, fuck oh. it, shoot the moon. Let's do Secret Empire. Mm. Oh man, no. But, but let me say, if we're gonna if we're gonna go down the secret game, and Secret Wars has already been discussed. Obviously, they have already put the end game in clear sight. They're doing Secret right. Invasion, and Secret Invasion started at Captain Marvel. Right. And Introducing scrolls. I mean, but if we're also doing this, why don't we also just do Illuminati? And if you've paid attention to our social media, you know that this is the first episode of our pet profile series, which is just about pets, pet keeping, keeping pets as a hobby, keeping pets for fun, just because you like the attention of a your furry friend or your reptilian friend or your fishy friend, whatever you like to keep around your house, this is the episode for you. And this episode is actually going to be on childhood pets. A lot of you, like myself, probably had pets growing up, and we valued the time we had with them, and it kind of changed how we keep pets now as adults. But before I really get into that, I kind of wanted to talk about what's going to come after this. As you know, this show, originally conceived and has been going on, does delve into the political. On Friday, we did get the announcement that the Mueller report the, well, the Mueller investigation has ended. The Mueller report went to the Attorney General uh, 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 Barr. So, and he gave his preliminary report to, or his summary report to uh, Congress, which gave, uh, which went in the direction of no obstruction or collusion with the President based on his report, because the Mueller report gave no. Whether it just presented the information and makes the decision in the report for him. So obviously, the people who were against the investigation to begin with are now happy. The Democrats, who were hoping this would be the death nail in the Trump administration, are not. Obviously, there's still some gray area because the full report hasn't been released, so no one's able to make their own opinion on it. I will be talking about that more. That'll be coming up after this, so on episode 14... This is 11, so episode 14 will be all about the Mueller investigation, the Mueller report. Over that point, we'll have some more information because it did just happen on Friday. Then we had the weekend. Now they're in the first week. Maybe the full report would be out by then if someone releases or a WikiLeaks or something might happen to release the full report out to the public. But who's to say? Or we'll have Barr in front of, uh, speaking in front of Congress as like a testimony or Mueller speaking uh, to like a Senate committee hearing or whatever. So we'll see what comes of that in the next few weeks. But that'll be the... When I get back to this many things after this little pep series, that's what we'll be talking about. As well... Um, we'll talk about that. Um, also, the... Also, last week we had the closing of the Disney-Fox merger. So now, as of like... It was like 12.02... AM, it was all official. There've already been some layoffs and there's some stuff happening. Everyone's happy because the Disney and or the Marvel properties that were under Fox are now back under Disney and in the hands of Kevin Feige what he when he chose to do with them, when he chose to do with them. Um I've already kind of expressed my feelings on it, how yes, it's good for the fans 
it's not great for the people who work for Fox and Disney, who's now, there's a doubling up of positions and someone from the lowly level person, because they're not going to keep two full studios running. There's going to be a consolidation of roles and a lot of people are going to get um, let go or get receive a severance package, which from what I read was, I think, one or two weeks per year with the company. So, been with the company 10 years, you get half a year of severance pay. So, in, in a job, in a field that you're in, there's not one less studio hiring. So, it's not an ideal situation. So, yes, the X-Men can come play with the Avengers, but is the job loss worth it? I've made my thoughts about that known. I personally don't think so. As a fan of Marvel, as a fan of the superhero shows and movies... I'm excited for what's to come, but at the same time, it's to me it does feel like worth it. And we know we don't know what's going to happen now that Disney has these rights because we're not going to get a bunch of stuff right away. I a hundred percent like I would be shocked, and I would have nothing to say. But I don't think there'll be even a tease in Endgame about what the future of Marvel of like the X Men are fantastic for. There's going to be no tease of that. Because they would have to, unless they come out after the fact, if they do something, they would have to say they started it later. They can't. They cannot mess with other companies' properties before that because that's a big breach of IP, and that could be an offense, and someone could challenge that, and that could be very bad for Disney. And I don't think they're going to play that game. The same reason they didn't do stuff with James Gunn, if that was their plan all along, because you don't want to mess with IP that isn't yours, and you don't want to mess with a deal that's in the process. So... And so we're not going to get X-Men next year because we still have an X-Men movie coming out soon. Like, the Dark Phoenix movie is still coming out. It's still slated. It's not going to just disappear because of this deal. New Mutants, that's a whole other story. But I think people who think this change in these new characters are going to be integrated overnight are fooling themselves. So, but that's my little soapbox I want to get on before I started this show. So now let's kind of go to a happier note, and like I said, I wanted to talk about pets, specifically childhood pets. This is going to be a three-part series. Today's episode is going to be about kind of the pets you had growing up and pets you were exposed to as a child. And then next week, uh, Tyler uh, McLaughlin from Podcastrophy, and I'll be talking about fish keeping because we're both in the hobby now. We both have tanks, and we'll talk about that and all of our experiences Tyler touched on it briefly with one of his tanks on Podcastry last week, which I encourage you to check out. Podcastry now is their own Patreon, which I encourage you to give a little. If you're already given to the Journey to Comics Network, maybe throw a buck or two to Podcastry. Those guys are making great content, and those guys are great, and I really want to see what the little extra funds they can uh, take that to in the future. And speaking of funds, thanks to everyone who came out to fund for funds over the weekend. It was a successful event, and there'll definitely, I think, there'll be some of those coming in the future. Uh, if you want to see the network guys again, uh, if you're living in the Midwest, LafayetteCon is just around the corner. It's in central Indiana, so definitely come check that out. You can check it out at, I think, LafayetteCon.com. For you to search LafayetteCon, L-A-F-F-Y-C-O-N, LafayetteCon. Check that out. It's uh, April 27th, 28th. I'll be there. My wife will be there, and a lot of the Journey Comics Network people will be there, so... Definitely come check it out if you want. To, if you like what you've been hearing from us, and there's a bunch of other con-related things. If you like comic conventions and music and all of that, so definitely come out to that. Oh, and then uh, sorry, I kind of tangent off. So then the third episode will be 
my wife Liz and I talking about the love of pets because Liz and I both love pets. We have in our home we have a lot of different types of pets. Like I said, we have our dog Max. We have our two cats. Um, I have my fish in the basement. And we just got a bird, so the the zoo is filling and we love it and we volunteer. So if you've listened to our Adulting and Easy show, which will be coming back sometime next month. Uh, probably right around LaFiCon if I'm not totally mistaken. But um, once we have a date, we'll announce it on our socials and then get working on that. But yeah, definitely stay tuned. The next two episodes is more pet stuff. But childhood pets. I feel like we've all had them. Uh, in my experience growing up, most of my friends had at least uh, one pet or another. I uh, think. Some of my best friends growing up, I think one of them had, he had two basset hounds. Um, also, I think like a hamster or two. Uh, another friend just had cats. They were inside outside cats. I grew up with oh, a lot of pets. So, um, cats were uh, always in the house when I was growing up. We always had the inside outside cats. They just, they were outside, they were inside, we really had no track on them, they didn't have tags, they weren't chipped, so... Actually, uh, one of our cats had babies, that's a whole other thing, when you're... When you don't have a cat, it's not fixed, and it gets out, and meets another stray cat, they'll make babies, so then you have a... Litter of cats to deal with, and you... Give them away to people, and you keep a couple for yourself, and that's how you did, and I had a... Little ginger cat, um, growing up, that... Was my little buddy, um... But yeah, I think pets are always something that I feel like gives kids growing up a sense of nurture. Something they can take care of. Like, kids will have toys and they'll have dolls and they'll have figurines and stuff they can play with. But taking care of a living, breathing thing, I think, helps a kid be responsible for something. Like, the first pet that was actually mine was a gerbil. Um, I don't know if my brother had a gerbil this time. I didn't, um... We shared a room at the time. I remember having a little, um, I think I think it was like a like a fish tank that you know you put the little wood chip bedding and the wheel and the stuff, and you just put the dribble in there and you feed them, and they're pretty content and they go out their business and you clean it and take care of it. And yeah, I I, I was probably I was in grade school. I was probably six or seven, if I'm not too mistaken. And, yeah, that was my first pet. And you always remember that pet because they always come up and... always comes up on, like, security questions, you know, when you have to prove that you're not a robot. Like, if you're a fan of the John Mulaney sketch, it's like the... You have to prove to a robot that you are not a robot. So it's like, oh, or if you're making a security question, it's, uh... Oh, what was your first pet's name? Like, and that's when you always put the name down, and that's one of your security questions. Because you always remember your first pet. And if you didn't have a first pet... I guess if you had allergies or just traveled a lot or just didn't have the exposure, then, yeah, some people just didn't have pets. Some people just aren't pet people. They're just... Parents never had them, so you never had them growing up. Like, Liz, um, I think growing up only had... Uh, her dad had a fish tank, and that was the extent of pets they had, I think. And that's sometimes happens as the case. Like, if your parents have allergies or just never pet people, then you kind of aren't a pet person until later in life if you choose to, or sometimes you kind of avoid it altogether. But, like I said, so, a gerbil was my first pet, and that pet met an unfortunate end, but you kind of move on to the next one, and I 
I think I went from like gerbils to hamsters and had cats, like I said, and the cats never bothered the gerbils and you just gerbils and hamsters. Like the rodents, I think are a common first pet for kids. You get the little cage, you get it from the pets, so they put a little cardboard carton that you can take it home in, and then you get all the stuff for it. And it's just it's a fun little experience for kids, and look forward to doing that one day for my own kids, just getting them their first pet. But some people don't think the rodents; they think they're messy and dirty and smelly, and the stuff smells awful because the obviously they go to the bathroom on these wood chippings, and it just soaks it up and just will reek to heaven after a while. But when you're a kid, you don't care about the smell of stuff. You're seven, you don't really care. But I think also in my house growing up, so this might be jumping forward. So I also said I had hamsters or gerbils, had the rodent stuff. My brother kind of went the the reptile route. He had he had like a gecko or an, or a lizard. He had a lizard or a gecko, and then he had like two different iguanas. And he would get, he had a, like a white mouse, which I think was just like a feeder mouse that he some reason kept as a pet. I don't know. I went the, the furry route. My brother went the reptile route. I don't know if that says anything about us as people, but it is what it is. Um, but I'm trying to think kind of evolving. So at some point at that, we had uh, a dog, big black lab that we got as a, not quite as a stray, kind of as an abandonment because my dad had rental property and the dog was kind of left behind. The dog had its own problems. It, it was a great dog, it was well-behaved, but it was, uh, if it could get out the front door, it would go out the front door, and it would chase after and kill squirrels, it would run really far away, I remember my brother and I have to chase on our bikes to go get it, and it's, it was just kind of a, a hell of a thing trying to get it back, and it, uh, we never have to get rid of that at point, because it, uh, it attacked a dachshund, thinking it was a squirrel, because it, anything small it would kind of go after. Not, not, not pretty. That's not really a, a, a fun story, but... So I think, let's see, I'm trying to kind of go through in my head, um... Pet's head around that time, so... Let's see. I think after, after the, the dog, we didn't really have a dog again until I got a dog in high schools. but after that I had... I kept on the hamster, I went, like, the dwarf hamster route. I remember having a cage in my own room, and there was this... Big red wire cage. You see, it kind of looks like a bird cage. It has like a plastic base with a tray you slide out, and you have the you had the wheel in there. And I actually remembered my first time actually learned using something not quite engineering, but know how to how to quiet gears and to soften noise. And I took because you know you you have a metal ring. On a, on a little metal frame, and that's how it spins on this little uh, um, notched out area that the the hamster wheel track rides on. And obviously, it's just metal on metal. Eventually, it's just going to squeak because it's running on there at high speeds because it's a hamster. And I remember at night, the thing would be solvable. So I took it off, and I took a lead pencil and just ran the pencil along the track on the frame for the for the hamster wheel and then on the wheel itself where they contacted just to ride that little bit of lubrication and maybe that's why i'm an engineer i don't know but i remember that's one thing i did right away to and it quieted the noise on it gave it some kind of lubrication so it stopped it from doing it because obviously water doesn't work it's just gonna as soon as it dries it's gonna keep it up again Do I have everybody's attention now? 
So anyways, let's talk about WrestleMania. Right now, there are 14 matches announced for WrestleMania. It's getting a bit on. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It just uh, it seems like they're going to really make this an extravaganza and put as many matches in a card as possible. So let's run down the card from the low spot to the high spot. As of right now, here we go. First matchup they got talking about is the Boss and Hug Connection. That's Bailey and Sasha Banks defending their women's championships up against the Divas of Doom, Beth Phoenix and Natalia versus the Iconics, Bailey Kay and Peyton Royce versus the Samoa Slaughterhouses. Slaughterhouse, not Slaughterhouses. Slaughterhouse, Samoan Slaughterhouse. Weird alliteration there. Uh, fatal four-way tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Of course, this features... Uh, a Legends team, essentially, with Italian Beth Phoenix. A SmackDown new team with fucking the Iconics. Your tag champs in Bailey and Sasha Banks. And then the Samoa Slaughterhouse, which is your essentially your Raw team. So you kind of get a little bit of everything there. And I fucking love it. Now, if I were to predict kind of like what this match is going to do, how this match is going to go down, I don't know if it'll be the first match on the like main show. It will be definitely on the main show. They're not going to do this as a kickoff match. I wouldn't think like that. There's probably two other, three other matches I see as kickoff matches, possibly. Andre the Giant Battle Memorial kickoff, possibly. Buddy Murphy's match, possibly. Uh, and one more we'll talk about here in a minute because that's going to change too. And that's going to change too also. Got to remember to remember that. So anyways, what's going to happen in this Fatal 4-Way for the Women's Tag Team Championship match? Do a lot of things here. Bailey and Sasha could have a turn moment where maybe Sasha turns on Bailey or Bailey turns on Sasha. That seems like a trope that's kind of predictable, though. They've done that a couple times now. They've kind of really sold that these two are really in tandem and in close. They've had no uh, screw-ups or, um, you know... Uh, miscommunications as of late. They're working as a pretty well-oiled machine as the Boston Hug Connection. Uh, I do like the idea of putting the Divas of Doom over in this match. I want to explain that as, listen, Beth Phoenix is coming out of retirement. She's a Hall of Famer. She's one of my favorite in-ring female performers. I mean, I've seen her perform several different times. We saw her in Champaign, Illinois twice, and Danville once, like a couple different places, you know, and... Uh, I just feel like it would be a really cool thing uh, just for her and and for the company really too because then she's one of the legends who have helped make this thing really what it's going to be now because Beth Phoenix having the women's tag team titles gives the tag team titles Beth Phoenix's rub and now you can say that a Hall of Famer has held those titles and that you know she came out of retirement told those titles look how prestigious they are then if Beth and Natalia go on a little bit of a run for a while, that's great. And then you can probably put over the Samoa Slaughterhouse. That gives Nia Jack and to, Nia Jackson to Mina a chance to hold the belts for a minute. Then you could technically, I mean, if you want to kind of go like way, way down the road there, I mean, eventually I think the Iconics do deserve a shot. But uh, I do think that if this is elimination style, which I'm not sure if it is, uh, but anyways, I just think that uh, ultimately... It's either the boss and hug connection going to retain or in a shock surprise, the Divas of Doom will end up pending the Samoa Slaughterhouses to end up winning the Samoa Slaughterhouse. It's hard to say to end up winning the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. A match that was announced this week on Monday Night Raw was Roman Reigns' first official, official, official pay-per-view match back uh, as a solo competitor 
versus the visceral, evil, brutal, whatever the fuck you want to call him, Drew McIntyre. And man, they have just, they went back and forth and like Roman seemed to like maybe break character a little bit there. I don't know if you'd really call it that. It was just, uh, he seemed to actually show a little bit of his anger in this promo he cut on Monday Night Raw. Like, if you bring up my wife and kids again, I'm going to, and then, you know, attacked him and whatnot. Some of those punches seemed like they were landing. It's be- Again, we talked about this on last episode, guys. We are definitely in the reality era where stuff bleeds through. There are some things that are just, you cannot quite tell when, and I love it because it's, there was a long time there where when you were watching the WWE product, you could definitely see when somebody, I don't know how to say it, you could tell when somebody uh, was just reading the lines that were given to them and they were just phoning it in. That's the words I wanted to use. They're just phoning it in. And, you know, the phoning it in mentality is fine when you don't have anybody to worry about. But when everybody else is really good at what they're doing in the professional wrestling world and all these other companies are kicking ass, you got to at some point go, fuck me. Like, we got to do this. Let's go and jump on the bandwagon of, like, let's do something to bring change. Ronda has brought about change. There's been some other changes. Uh, just, the re- again, the reality era being sparked now. Now, Bobby Lashley, the Intercontinental Champ, he's going to be defending that belt up against Finn Balor, which uh, is an awesome matchup. We'll see how that ultimately goes. I'm uncertain. Now, see, here's the thing. The next match that's technically on the card is already not on the card, and I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what the game plan is. I'm not sure how they're going to do this. I'm going to kind of talk about this in tandem because, you know what, we'll save it. We'll put it up there later. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Samoa Joe being your United States champion, taking on Rey Mysterio. I think it is slightly possible for Rey Mysterio to win this match. However, I think it does more for Samoa Joe to win this match and actually get the rub over Rey Mysterio at the biggest stage of them all. Just my thought. Up next, according to this card... The Andre the Giant Battle Memorial, which now features Michael Che and Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live. I love those dudes. I think they're fucking hysterical. They have no business being in wrestling. I get that this is some sort of cross-pollination thing. And, like, Braun Strowman said, I'll see you at Saturday Night. Like, he's going to go there live, which, coincidentally enough, Saturday Night Live is the night before WrestleMania. And it's an episode they are having. So, uh, expect him to show up during Weekend Update, Braun Strowman. And again, do an angle, as it were. Uh, up next would be AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. This is just a straight-up match, man. They're just having a match. I think this is one of those situations where, look, it's WrestleMania. You want to put a, a hell of a match together. Who you want to work with? These two inevitably have a history where they should have always been against each other. They rose up at the same time in 2004. They were both champs of their respective companies. I mean, that's not a fucking joke, man. So I just think it's crazy that that we're finally seeing this on the biggest stage of them all. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I hope that this doesn't shit the bed like Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, but I won't get into that. Up next, we've got Shane McMahon versus The Miz. This is a grudge match. Now, this is one of those things. They play into this seed 
way, way, way back. They said, Champion Man's going to be healed. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. All the way back at that Crown Jewel failure event, making him the best in the world or whatever. Now he's the heel. I am the best in the world. And protecting himself with all this security. And Miz did a hell of a job, like, fighting fucking everyone this week on SmackDown, trying to get to Shane McMahon. But it didn't quite work. Uh, I feel like this match could very well steal the show. Keep your eyes peeled for this one. That's my early prediction that this is one of three possible matches to steal the show for this evening. Um, and then up next is a match that will not be stealing the show unless by some chance this next Monday night on Raw, which will be the go-home show, before... Hey, guys, it's a train of our existence. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin, this match, let me say... Uh, Dumb, terrible decision. It's Kurt Angle's go-home match, and you're putting somebody who stylistically doesn't work with Angle very well. And somebody who... Drink break. This drink break is brought to you by Podcastrophe. You can check out Podcastrophe here every Thursday on the Journey into Comics Network. Just search journeyintocomicsnetwork.com. Or search Journey into Comics Network at iTunes, Podbean, Stitch Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, and many others. Or go to journeyintocomics.com. That's what I meant to say, guys. Sometimes you fuck up. It's real. It happens on the podcast. It really does happen. you got to keep going. This is still the Drink Break brought to you by Nate. I'm going to do it now. Okay, better. So now we're back. I don't really like the Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle match. I feel like Kurt Angle could have been against... AJ Styles for his final match, Samoa Joe for his final match, Finn Balor for his final match. Bring back Shawn Michaels for his final match, John Cena for his final match. I mean, maybe they're doing this as a tease to keep it not obvious that it's going to be John Cena and making it Baron Corbin, so that way when Baron Corbin inevitably doesn't make the match and John Cena gets put in last minute, everybody super pops because then it's Kurt Angle versus the guy who he broke into the main roster against Kurt Angle. Like, John Cena's first match was against Kurt Angle. How poetic it was Kurt Angle versus John Cena. I've already said that a couple times on this show. Like, it needs to happen. So maybe this is the pull. Maybe this is the way they're going to do it. Up next is a real intense match. Triple H versus Batista. And let me say, if Triple H loses this no-holds-barred match, he will retire as a pro wrestler. This is going to be... Old school Triple H Batista fight, lots of blood, lots of anger, lots of hard spots, lots of power bumps. Uh, predict at least one moment for somebody to get hurt because of a fucking mishap. Uh, most likely guessing it's going to be Triple H when Batista drops him for the Batista bomb. Uh, another thing, another matchup on the card is Buddy Murphy as the cruiserweight champ up against Tony Nese, who won the. Uh, bracket to get his way all the way to the match here at WrestleMania. I predict that'll probably be a pre-show match, but maybe I'll be wrong. Now, before we get into the next match, let's talk about the match that isn't happening. Asuka is not a champ anymore, guys. Holy shit, spoiler. What do I mean Asuka is not a champ? I mean that, guys, on Tuesday night, SmackDown, live, Charlotte Flair pinned Asuka in a title match for the WWE Women's Championship in a shock move. And now Charlotte's the Women's Champ for SmackDown. So that leads this question. What are they going to do about this main event that just got announced? I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it was officially announced this past week 
that the women will be headlining WrestleMania's Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair is going to be the main event for WrestleMania. However, now with Charlotte Flair uh, winning the SmackDown women's title, what is the play? Will that belt also go up to unify the belt to have one belt, making it to where women can be on both rosters? That way they can make their pool bigger make the women's division more interesting by being able to integrate and constantly rotate all the different ladies on both shows. Uh, will they, I don't know, decide that because Charlotte has won the belt now, she doesn't need to be in the Ronda Rousey-Becky Lynch match. She has her own gold, her own initiative, her own reasons. Maybe we can have Charlotte Flair versus Asuka for a title where now Asuka can beat Charlotte and right the wrong of her not winning the championship against Charlotte. A couple years ago. Uh, I'm not sure what the actual gameplay is here. But if they do that. Then you have Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch in a one-on-one. Pure. It's the Survivor Series match that never happened. Wrapped into a nice little bubble. For the Raw Women's Championship. Obviously you look at Becky to go over in that match. Brock Lesnar. is Universal Champ up against Seth Rollins. Not a surprise here. Seth Rollins is going to win. Let me go through my whole... Rundown because I started with a prediction and then I stopped doing that. Damn yawns are getting me, folks. See, here's the problem with having too many things to do in life. Sometimes you have to squeeze the podcast in extra late and burn the midnight oil. And burning the midnight oil includes yawns. So you guys get to have the extra yawny edition of Nate. Extra yawny edition might be the uh, episode title. Extra yawny edition. I'm just going to try to remember that. Anyways. So back to it, folks. Let's look at the predictions I have here. I think Roman Reigns beats Drew McIntyre. Makes sense. He's back from his leukemia. Put him over at WrestleMania. It's a big win moment. Finn Balor going to walk out with the Intercontinental Champion again. Championship again, anointing him at WrestleMania, making it a huge moment for him and making sure he stays the fuck put and does not go to All Elite Wrestling like they're afraid he is going to. I did mention the Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio match. This could go one of two ways. Maybe Joe wins as a way to solidify him as top dog and get the rub from Rey. Or Rey wins and wins the U.S. championship in a shock. Andre the Giant Battle Memorial. I do not know who's going to win this match because I do not care who wins this match. Uh, yeah, this, this is a gimmicky match that I'm not really super fond of. I think that it, you know, maybe the first couple years it was okay, but like, uh, you're killing me, Smalls. Uh, up next, you know, in the prediction pool is AJ versus Randy Orton. I really would like to see AJ win. However, it's it's for total shock factor if AJ goes for that phenomenal forearm and Orton pops up for a crazy, insane RKO out of nowhere. We're gonna fuck the sodomites in the. Like, my stance on a lot of things is I don't fucking care what other people do. If you are not directly harming me or children, I don't give a fuck what you do. Nature? Not even nature? The planet we live on? Yeah, we can, I can't control that. I, uh... 
We participate. Yeah, but the, the, okay. I'm not saying like new debate. Recycle <laughs> the earth. The earth is damaging what? itself at the same rate we are damaging it. So why it is compounding? Because there's no other way. Every time you, if you said, "Hey, I just won the lottery. I'm going to build a house," you are damaging the fucking earth right there. Oh yeah. Are you not going to live in a house? I mean, no, but okay. I get what you're saying. Everything that we do is detrimental to the earth. There is nothing that we do that's beneficial. You want power from hydroelectricity? You are fucking up entire ecosystems. Brazil is doing it right now in the Amazon. In the 90s and early 2000s, we gave a shit about deforestation. Now, all people want is, well, you know, Brazil's a developing nation still. They should probably have some electricity. Let's build a giant fucking dam and ruin every ecosystem upstream. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody in America cares. Should they, though? Yes! But we don't as a species. We do not care because our life is finite. If you were going to live for the next 3,000 years, you would give a shit. That's true. You are going to live 100 years from today at maximum. It's finite. Why does it matter? That's a very nihilistic approach. It is. And and I'm I'm not saying that's my opinion. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. So I give a shit because I want my children... To be, and I want your children and your children's children exactly. to have a beautiful place to live. Exactly. But I can't. I can't. I can't. I yeah, can't no, fix you're it. You're not. I mean, you're not Superman. Nobody's Superman. I get that. Matt's Superman. But let's be real. I Superman. am Superman. Yeah. We Superman? have a couple comments. Lay it uh, on us. Pod Daddy comes in, says Podfather dropping by to bless this glorious pod with my awesome dudes. We love, love you. Uh, so he also says tell Tyler to check his phone at some point. Uh, Alex Taylor, if I kill myself, will that be beneficial to the ecosystem? <laughs> hypothetically speaking, I really hope it's hypothetically speaking because so, I will feel really bad. So I don't I, do that. <laughs> I have brought that up on this show before, and in a lot of conversations I've had with people, the best thing that could happen to this planet today is the complete and total complete and total extinction of our species. We are a virus. Just our species. If you removed human beings. From the the world's uh, biosphere in 24 hours, the planet would go back to being pretty cool, pretty quick. Believe that. Like I said, we're a virus. Mm -hmm. We are a plague on this earth, which is part of the reason why we need to focus on getting off it. Nah, dude, we came from Mars, though. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, saw. We we came from Mars. We we fucked up that planet. Then we're like, hey, let's go in. (laughs) And... Now we're fucking up this one. Did we did we fuck Mercury up first and Venus? Maybe we were going out. Mars, we were like, no, go back. It's too cold here. Fuck it. <laughs> we just started going towards the sun. That or so we just freaked out. The next step up. Because that when we got to Mars, we realized that the entire northern part of the planet's a fucking volcano. And we're like, that thing's going to blow. Sauce. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to take that that you know fucking doomsday nihilistic approach, but I can I can only do so much, and a lot of the Tyler's like I can only kill so many people. I can, <laughs> I can only do what a man can do. Old dad is limited. 
Um, oh, that is. If you reach too. Mars, you've gone too far. If you if you think about it though, and you really get to digging, a lot of the you'll find more bodies. Renewable energy stuff, and if Clint's still watching, he can chime in here and, and really fucking lay down some wisdom on this because he works in that industry. We have the ability to combine carbon dioxide with hydrogen, I believe, liquefy it, and use it as fuel. It's totally viable. It renders the hydrogen where it's not it's not Hindenburg, um, but it's not profitable. It's expensive. Exactly. Just like desalination. So desalination. So the west coast of the United States and then uh, places close to the equator, you look at pretty much the entire continent of Africa, Australia, uh, India, you know, lower Asia, places like that, they struggle with having enough clean water for people. Desalinate. Do, do you know what desalination is? I do not. Okay. You take ocean water. You unsalt it. And you evaporate uh, it for through whatever measure you need. You just, you need that fucking ocean water to hit 212 degrees. Right. It's a little bit higher because of the salt, but... You, you just fucking evaporate the water. And then it'll condense. The salt like that. leaves, and then you condense the water. If you evaporate H2O, right. it removes all... So if you had, if, if this is a can of water, and it's got iron, magnesium, lead, arsenic, mercury... Whatever. All kinds of bad shit in here. If I evaporate this, it all stays in this can. Exactly, yeah. The water leaves the can. And then you've got clean drinking water. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's expensive to do. I Why don't we, we... We don't have enough water for people to survive, but we don't want to spend a little oh, no, bit no, no. of money. We do. We don't want to spend a little bit of money. Have you, have you, have you heard about this wonderful company named Nestle that makes bottled water? For Flint, Michigan, because their fucking business is booming. That's all that I'm saying. You know, Fukushima's still leaking fucking radioactive material into the ocean, but that's not a big deal. All that I'm saying is, I talked to a gra- a undergrad from Purdue one time, uh, who was from South Korea, and he told me that Eastern theology and Western theology are completely different. Western oh yeah, they're, theology, they're mirror images of each other. Western theology, he told he told me he's like from being here, Western theology is everything has a price tag. And think about it, from the day that you're born, your parents go to the hospital, they get a medical bill because a doctor had to deliver their deliver their baby to the day you die and your family has to get a casket for you and put you in the ground. Not me. I'm well, going out Viking style. What does this have to do with theology? Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Were you trying to say ideology? Ideology, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like theology. Okay, cool. Theology is the study I was of hoping religion. My... <laughs> we got you. I was about to, I was about to just kind of end that with a saw, dude. <laughs> like, but no, no, it's it's totally true. Um to to kind of piggyback again, I'm going politician with you. Um, the world's future is nuclear. We figured out how to make nuclear reactors not fucking melt down and Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. But that those industries can't challenge the oil industry and our nation's government specifically. 
because they they play the game of well here's all these other renewable energies like wind and solar that we own they're expensive so buy it you know but you still gotta have the fucking fossil fuel stuff so we're yeah. making money twice and um, there's such a negative stigma with with nuclear it it it's limitless fucking energy limitless and now there's no hazard why aren't we using it why aren't we using it to fucking power spacecraft why aren't we using it to fucking power my microwave I don't know if it'd be very good for my car well if your car was electric I would be I would be driving around with a radioactive car and I would wake up one day with three dicks like god that'd be awesome <laughs> that'd be terrible no 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 think about it yes that's what I was going with you jack one off you go to the on. next one you jack it off you jack two off at the same time which brings up which brings up the question do they simultaneously all get hard if they all do do you like fucking just feel a head rush because you just have a sudden god, blood that'd loss that'd be awesome you just get like, high from your dick getting hard <laughs> You just, you just like, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I I mean, there, there are, the earth is warming. That's a fact. We're going to get hit with a fucking ice age here soon, and it's going to wipe most of our species off the map. It's going to flood. Something's going to happen, and then this shit's going to start all over again, and then life's going to go back to normal. The earth's going to be peachy, and eventually we're going to fucking bleed it dry like Mars. That's 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 the direction that it's going. We could very easily prolong that, but we don't want to spend the money. That's the sad truth. I yeah. think that I think we get absorbed by the sun before that happens. Which one? The uh, spending I, the money part. No, the because uh, that's totally viable. The uh, whole like planet kind of resets itself. Mm. I think we get eaten by a supernova. Uh, I feel well, like it resets itself in different ways, though. Let me let me let me uh, let me science this a little Blaine's bit. Blaine's gonna try and science, folks. Our sun is not big enough to supernova. First mm. off, it right. will expand, but it'll eventually contract into a white dwarf. Yeah, but uh, in that expansion, it, it absorbs the first three planets. Yeah, but that's also our, not a supernova. In our solar system, just, just correcting you on your vernacular. But my whoa, bad. Blaine said fucking vernacular. <laughs> Holy shit! Have you been reading a dictionary? I do. Sh- I know shit about space. Suck, Damn, um, Blaine. The sun, the sun is it. It's not supposed to expand for like another billion to two billion years. Just we're mean. good. I'm <laughs> we're gonna say be gone. We're gonna be, we're gonna be gone within the next million. So just say. I think it happens before. I don't think. I think it us as a species. Before. No, I think will absolutely happen. us as a species because I don't think we're gonna last another hundred. No, years. we're gonna get destroyed by fucking Yellowstone, man. No, well, there's dude. That, I mean, there's we're going so to, many. We're gonna sterilize ourselves. That's what's going to happen. There's. So they already many, tried that. There's so many. They're gonna no seriously because we have social media. There's why so many why hang out with someone? You can just text me. Why hang out, you know? We are becoming the panda. Why do... We have Tinder, man. That's straight up. Stop. I mean, like, okay, but straight up. We also, you know, Grindr. Japan is building very realistic-looking love robots that might one day just take over. Not yeah. saying that everyone and their mother is going to get it, but, like, Maybe their eventually will. the social norm <laughs> is going to be... I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. If, if I could have a walking, talking fuck robot... That's you absolutely I'm, would. That's what I'm going to call it. Not a sex robot, a fuck robot. Because that's what we're doing. We fuck, fuck bot. it. Fuck bot. Fuck bot. Sob it. 
Um, <laughs> Fuck bot saw, dude. The saw did nine billion. Um, I'm fucking that robot, and I'm not ashamed of it, even the slightest. I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> You're telling me right now you wouldn't fuck a robot if it looked like Selma Hayek and du- from Dust Till Dawn? Listen, we didn't say Selma Well, Hayek. I did, because that's what my model would be. I want the Selma Hayek 5,000. <laughs> I'm going to get the 6,000. Damn, I want the 6,000 more. <laughs> um, no, I personally think what's going to happen is we're going to go extinct by a super volcano. Well, you've got that. You've got fucking plagues. Uh, what happens when fucking Ebola, uh, you know, replicates and changes enough times to where we can't keep up with it? I'm sorry, I believe Big Pharma has everything. Much, but they don't. <laughs> I'm a conspiracy theorist with that, though. But anyway, I think we're going extinct from super volcanoes. I think Yellowstone's erupting. That's why I'll never go there. However, if I find out it's going to erupt, like they're like, hey, dude, this is going to happen in a month. I'm just going to go sit in the middle of it. Because I just want to die immediately. Oh, I, I, remember, I remember you saying that like, yeah. early on when you were a guest on the show. So, and then Blater. that's when the Earth's getting absorbed by the sun like a few million, billion years later. Pod Daddy's got an original recipe Butterfinger, and I fucking feel like I'm in his living room right now. Because Butterfinger's life. I like, I I like paydays. I living room right now because I want that Butterfinger. I like Snicker. That or maybe a roaming black hole will get into our galaxy. And absorb us. A finger on my butter finger. A saw, dude. I don't even know that number. But, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll have a neutron star explosion happen on in the Milky Way galaxy. That's going to kill us. Did you say the other it's day that, cosmic that, that, that astronomers cosmic discovered another moon in our solar system? I don't recall saying that. That'd be cool. You understood. What's up? We discovered another moon in our solar system. Another moon? Hmm? Moon. What 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 does the moon belong to? I don't know. I I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline. Ooh, what did you that's like at? the most untrustworthy. That's it like literally could have no, you could have no. clicked on it and the article just could have been like hey. dicks dicks dicks. It was that is the most internet thing he could have ever said. It was, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Blaine. The article was from NASA. Okay, well, if it's from NASA, then it's completely legit. I, I'm I, uh... waiting for my apology, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Here, click this link to. To send me my apology. Be just sure to like, comment, just do and subscribe. It. No, no, no. no, click this link to I'm send not me. Gonna... Just come on, man. Work with me. Dicks, 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 dicks. <laughs> I knew Stop that was going to happen. I knew that was going to play. You're listening to the Voice of Survival Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. They were a little bit unorganized sometimes, not all the time, but it was well, a fly no, by the, the seat of your pants type you, of thing the sometimes. The day that Ellis got a hold of it, they played it. Whatever. Yeah, but it was, was as far as the within the show, because they have like four hours of show that they're doing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes they were fly by the seat of their pants when they were going to do things Correct. in and context. I so I was just like waiting and waiting, like you know. five, our time. It was later yeah. in the day. Yeah, again, still at my parents' house. Uh, I remember getting the phone call for that. <laughs> talking about that one that was in my in the basement that time but that was pretty cool to have uh have them call me and be interested in in that um you know on a personal level that was something that I wasn't trying to do for attention or for any other reason other than I wanted to do it and I felt inspired to do it and I guess like what other reason is there what's the what's the point of making stuff if you're if 
if you're just doing it for attention it's i mean i guess you'll get attention congratulations like you'll feel a void at the end of it unless it's something that really meant something to you so uh that's um that's what it is yeah that was a pretty cool time i uh yeah, we can talk. Uh, well, I don't know what else to talk about with well, Machine Head. Well, you got to talk, I mean, fast forward a little bit to... Oh, uh, we did get to meet them. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. and that was, uh, I mean, a little bit more my story than yours. Yeah, you got you cut your teeth there a they little bit. Were, they were coming through Chicago, and I just, in my head, said, like, look, they tweet, they, like, they sent out tweets about it. Their Facebook shared it. Like the Machine Head yeah, Facebook shared at the time that Machine Head's Facebook cool. was like nearing one million fans mm-hmm. or some shit. It was crazy, uh, but they shared it, and then uh, I was like, "Man, they're going to be in Chicago. I think that we need to meet these guys. Like, I think that would be a cool thing. You know, maybe you guys can talk. Whatever." So I just was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to do this thing," and I just called their manager straight up mm-hmm. tour manager or not the no tour manager, the, manager, the, the, yeah, manager. the band manager the general manager yeah, i called him and i said hey sarah is in chicago you guys are coming through chicago let's meet let's make this happen like, mm-hmm. that's what we should do and dude got a hold of me right away yeah and was like machine head knows who sarah is they're very aware they would love to meet her i'm going to give you the number of our tour manager Call him, he'll set it up. Called him, dude sets it up. We watch Machine Head play, and then we wait backstage, and we got to meet them. And what was that experience like for you? Because now your work, mm-hmm. in so many words, has paid off. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that there is always a moment in time where uh, somebody does an interesting rendition or cover of a song that they get to meet the person who fucking wrote the song. Mm-hmm. Not always. Sometimes the artist might tweet it out and say that's cool or whatever, but those paths never cross. Mm. So what was it like for you? I mean, I know what it was like for me. It was really surreal being in that moment because I was like both excited at meeting Machine Head and also excited watching you meet Machine Head because, like, you had had this really cool journey with them, and I was just like, what the fuck? So what was that like for you to have that kind of be where this that part of the story at least ends? Yeah, it's, um, that was crazy. I don't, I still feel a little bit humbled by that, that that even happened. I, uh, we went, it was at, was it Mayhem Fest? Correct. I couldn't remember Rockstar, Mayhem, all those festivals are kind of the same. So this one, I guess, was Mayhem. And, uh, this would have been 2013 now. We're up to 2013 because it was February 2013 when I uploaded the Machine Head video. So we're, this was like a summer concert. It was was July July, 2013. Sometime in July 2013. And, uh, they, yeah, they set up a meeting and, gave us the tour manager tour manager's phone number uh the the general manager did gave it to nate and said uh since just said hey when you're there this is who you need to contact he'll he'll instruct you on how to how to go about this thing because this wasn't like a regular meet and greet or anything like that this was just they they wanted to plan it out so they could actually sit and talk to me is what it sounded like at the time like we didn't know what we were getting into honestly like we went there and we were just hoping that it was actually going to happen that somebody wasn't just like playing us or just like oh yeah haha you think that's you're going to get in there you know whatever 
and uh you know you don't know you don't you don't know people uh that are you know, sometimes they say never meet your heroes they sometimes they say that I'll, I'll say ahead of time this was not one of those cases i mean i i don't know i don't like to use the word hero very often in context of people that i'm i look up to because it's just uh people are people you know um, yeah. artists are artists and whatnot but anyways it was uh a little bit nerve-wracking we had a, a really interesting thing happen before that. My One of my students at the time, I was working at a studio that was, uh, we won't talk about that, but at the time, I was not supposed to be seeing students outside of this building, which I think is a little bit, um, well, well they have it doesn't crooked, matter. They have crooked practices, it doesn't matter what I think about matter. that. Let's move forward, yeah. But that's uh, besides the point. I... Um, one of my students' dads and him, uh, young Neil, as we affectionately call him, uh, you can see pictures of this stuff online. I've, I've, you know, all of this stuff. We took pictures and, and all that kind of thing when it happened. But uh, his dad was taking him to that festival. He told me that day. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna go there? We totally have to meet up. I'm gonna be there." Like he, um, he told me that uh, sometime that day because you know people communicate online because this is the 21st century after all. So correct. Uh, I mean, come on. But anyways, uh, so his dad hunted me down and, uh, you know, we were all together. My young Neil was what, 13 at the time, I think. Wasn't he young? Yeah, he was 13 at the time. Yeah, because this was four years ago. Okay, so he was 13. Um, so here's me and my 13-year-old student and his dad and Nate. And uh, this was the crew that Nate's like, hey, is it cool if we bring a student along too? to meet machine head and after nate finally got a hold of the tour manager um they uh, i think you called him you guys had to play phone tag for a minute if i remember correctly it was a little stressful mainly because uh i was contacting them while he was working with them right after they had played a show right right and think and about how you feel after you play a show sarah yeah these guys literally played a show went and had some food maybe smoke some weed. I don't know what they did. They did whatever they wanted to do. Then they got done with that, and then they went backstage, and then they got themselves together, and then they met you. Yeah, that's how it ended up, because uh, Nate played phone tag for a minute with the tour manager, and guy said it was cool to have my student and his dad back there and whatever, and uh, they did. He said, well, they prefer to, you know, we're going to wait until, we didn't know if it was going to be before or after their set. Their set was... Uh, I think it was like four or five o'clock in the evening. Yeah. The machine head said it, it wasn't dark yet uh, when we met them. It was still day daylight outside, and uh, yeah, we saw their set. And then it was about an hour after that because he said, "Yeah, the guys are going to get something to eat, and then um, we'll have you back." And they so they waited to have this meeting with me. I thought that was so nice that they waited and uh, really made it. They made it a thing. You guys, like these, this was like a group of guys that was really interested in what I had to say. That's what I need to say about the members of Machine Head. And this was when um, Jared was still, he was, this was his first tour with their bass Correct. player, Jared. He had just um, gotten off of his old, whatever his old, what was his old band? Sanctity, Sanctity right? Yeah. yeah, Sanctity. He had, he, that was his old band and he had just been adopted. I remember when they were doing the audition videos for their new bass player after, um, after he left. And Jared got it, and that was his first tour with them. And 
I remember we were both just so excited together when I met Jared because he's like, oh, it's so awesome that I'm playing with Machine. I'm like, oh, it's so awesome that I'm like talking to y'all and you all are Machine Head and you're playing. And, blah, 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 blah. and I just remember it was a very exciting uh, conversation. I talked to Jared for a long time um, after that, but they uh, spent about an hour with us talking to yeah. us and chatting. I mean, they didn't go. They, I mean, th- I need you to think about this. Okay. Like you heard me tell the story, right? This is like the second thing of any legitimacy that I had ever done in my life. Um, I felt fresh out of college still, even though I was several years out. I graduated in two, uh, 2006 from college. So I was a few years out, quite a few yeah. from college. And I still felt like it was a little bit uh, fresh out of there. But um, I uh, here's how I need you to think about that through those eyes because here's me five foot four and a half roughly standing there with all four members of machine head in the semicircle around me hanging on my words i mean they were they were talking nate nate was witness to this as was my student and his dad um i had phil demel look me in the face and go how did you pick out all those notes they were exactly right and i went and i just pointed at my ears and i said i did it like that I mean, the, the guitar tablisher I, I had mentioned before helped me only to a certain extent. And even then, after I did that, I ended up having, going back and changing a lot of things. It was like, not what y'all are thinking <laughs> as far as uh, notation goes. There was a, a lot that went into that. And um, now I do everything 100% with my ears. I don't, I don't use anything uh, at all as far as um looking online looking up tabs or anything looking up chords uh, i don't do any of that i do everything with my ears now um but that's what what experience gets you you know you you gotta you can't start somewhere without starting wherever you're at and that's where i was at yep. but i i will never forget that i talked about ragtime music with phil demel that was wonderful i thought that was great because at the time i was still competing in a ragtime festival uh, every now and again and it uh so I was, I don't know, because they were asking me about what kind of music I played and stuff like that. They were like, basically all of them just asking me questions and interested in my background, interested in, in a variety of things, you know, they, um, and they weren't seeming to feign interest. There wasn't like one member of them that was just like, oh, this is stupid and I don't want to be here, you know, like nobody was forcing them to meet with us is my Correct. point. It was very natural and very much like, hey you're fucking awesome and we want to spend a little bit of time with you because you did this awesome thing. You know, that's really what it felt like, I swear. And uh, it was, um, it was just a very, as Nate said, surreal thing to have happen when it's one thing to meet people that are in a band that are famous or whatever, uh, that have done a, a incredible amount of significant things. Uh, it, it's, it's one thing to buy a meet and greet package and shake their hand it's another thing to meet them on the street say oh i'm a huge fan let's let's grab a drink and you can sign something for me you know with without any um i mean that's like meeting a stranger going on a blind date something like that this this wasn't like that this felt very personal um this felt like something that uh that i don't know i knew at the time it was gonna stick with me for a while but i had never had people um I guess of that stature, you could say, uh, show me that kind of respect as a musician. That's really what came across to me. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to Rob Flynn about the, I'm just giggling about this. 
because uh, I'm talking to him about his song and about all of the chords and the rhythms and the and the structure, you know, all the things that you study when you when you study a piece of music. At least what I study, I study a lot of things. And um, he's just looking at me, and he's smiling, and he gets this grin on his face, and he's done, and he's like, you know, what you said made sense to me, but I just play the happy and the sad notes, <laughs> and that's what I know. <laughs> And I just had this moment where in my head I was just like almost giggling, not like laughing at somebody, but just like giggling to myself because I thought I have studied this song more than the people that wrote it to do the thing that I needed to do that not like placing fault on these people because that's just no, how you it just is write the song yeah yeah when you write a song and this is in my experience when i when uh, when i write songs or when i write music of any kind you just do the thing you don't think about it in the same analytical way as somebody on the outside looking in who's trying to figure out what you did that's what i did was solving this puzzle that's that's really what arranging is is just solving a series of puzzles and then you just work the puzzle that's how it feels to me uh, you have like a, like raw material in the song that you grab from the rhythms and the notes and blah 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 whatever it is that you're you're grabbing onto as a listener and then you just work the puzzle and that's that's how I do when I'm arranging, but that's um yeah that was a uh, that was a super powerful moment and then to be able on the uh, get back to this too to not only be able to share that with Nate to be able to share that with my student. And that was me and Sarah having an amazing conversation. Uh, episode one of The Voice of Survival. Again, a brilliant look back at the genesis of this show. It was amazing to, you know, have Sarah let me be, let her kind of be my test subject for this show. Because I didn't know, you know, and I, I know Sarah really well. Obviously, we've had a long history past together. So to be able to sit down and know her story, but still be able to kind of tell it and let her tell it and navigate it and ask the in-betweens, you know, that, that was the whole point of this. Uh, so now let's jump on in. We're going to go ahead now and take a look at the interview I did with Veronica Evans, episode five of The Voice of Survival, um, my best friend, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear this. Again, you're going to hear a little bit of music. That's just the kickover, and we'll take it away now. I mean, there's like a million questions I feel like I can ask you just from just from music alone. Wow, that's a really loaded question. But um, fire away. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> all right, I'm game. Well, I've always been a singer. I started singing when I was little, and I was always such a ham and a performer. That was just my thing. I, I think my mom still has old VHS tapes of me uh, singing Guns and Roses as a three-year-old on my grandma's coffee table. And um, I just always wanted to be a rocker. That's always what I wanted to do, was just be a musician. And I, uh, yeah, I guess that's just always been the thing. Nothing really else ever did it for me. Okay, so like what's the first, is it, are there bands that you're listening to with your mom? I mean, you, you talk about well, Guns N' Roses, but like. Yeah, my mom had a huge influence on me uh, with music, especially in my childhood being really little, a lot of the things that I remember can be kind of like correlated with home videos of us just like when they got like 1990, 91, they got a, a camcorder and they would just film for hours just them being dumbasses and weirdos and playing with me and playing with my toys and like um, 
I don't know. I just I have a very specific soundtrack of my youth that was very heavily influenced by my mom, and she loved shit like Guns N' Roses and The Cure and The Smiths and um, all all sorts of stuff like that. And my dad was a musician. He played guitar when he was young, and he uh, was always playing guitar for me whenever I'd go and stay with him on the weekends and stuff. And I just would sit there and watch him play guitar for like probably an hour or two every weekend that I was with him. And we'd never talk. He'd just keep playing and I'd just stare at it the whole time. And um, yeah, they were both very into music and that made me into music. Excellent. So you said you kind of have like a soundtrack uh, of your childhood, if you will, like leading mm-hmm. up to a point. Uh, what are some of the different like bands that are in that soundtrack for you, and why? And why are they such a fixture? Because okay, it's obviously. Listen, I know, I get it. As a musician myself, and growing up in a household that was very musically inclined, mm-hmm. the whole thing with your parents listening to a certain music, you're going to be into it, can be true. But at times, it can also have nothing to do with that. You could listen to something your parents listen to and go, eh, not for me. But other stuff, it catches you. Right. And, and and I think there's a great importance of, I, I, I almost say like character, when there's something about a certain band or a genre that hooks you, you can just see a, like who a person deep down, you know, really is. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, you know, your musical soundtrack. Just list, go ahead, list off some, some band songs, uh, things that pop into your head. I know one off the top of my head that... Um, it's it's definitely kind of embedded in there because it was recently used in one of my favorite movies, um, Mr. Blue Sky. Oh yeah, uh, yellow. Yeah, and the 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 Groot scene mm-hmm. in the beginning of Guardians too. Uh, so I just wanted to know, like, what are some other songs that you would put on that list? Maybe make your awesome mix volume. Three. My awesome mix volume one. Um, okay. Well, if I'm thinking, am I talking about like my whole youth or this very specific time of, of like when music started becoming important to me? When music started, that's a great way to put it. Exactly when music started becoming important to me. When you remembered like... Okay, I was three and I was living in my grandma's house with my mom and my aunt and my other aunt and my uncle and my great grandma. We all lived together in this house and it was magical and wonderful and I have the best memories of that and it's so sweet. And I have tons of uh, home videos that my family has of us uh, just being weirdos, like I said. And I guess if uh, I'm talking about that point in my life, I would definitely put on my mix um, some Rolling Stones. Because we had a Mick Jagger poster in our bedroom, me and my mom. Sure. Like Like what stones, though? If you stop me up. Oh, you like, okay, okay, cool. That's the one I was that thinking, I remember from my mom. Okay. That's I what I think paint with it black with the with stones. With the stones. Yeah. Well, my favorite Rolling Stones song is You Can't Always Get What You Want. And I really like Sympathy for the Devil. Cliche, whatever. Hey, don't give a fuck. Covered by Guns N' Roses, another That's flashback right. to your childhood. Uh, I was going to say Guns N' Roses, Paradise City is on there. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. It's not very often that we all get to get together to do multiple episodes in a day. Um, no. I think D- Dick and I have definitely pulled it off a couple times. I know yeah, you guys have yeah. all you guys have all done it a couple times. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited. 
we, we talked about doing brews with dudes near the end of the night. I'm like, there's no way. We're going to be wasted. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> work. Absolutely no way we're going to pull this off. Um, so we're going we're gonna to dive on in before we uh, get, get to chatting because we could, we could chat for an hour or two before we realized that we hadn't drank a drink yet. So let's, uh, uh, let's see what we got in here. Man, this is crazy, you guys. I'm on brews with dudes again. The last episode I was on was episode 37. Really? Yeah, so wow. it's been like f- almost 40 episodes. Fucking crazy. Damn. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been on as well. Not as long as that. But. Oh, that's a cute little tiny guy. So we got we got a, a plethora of goodies here. We got that big old peanut butter stout from Bare Hands. Uh, they're up in Grandeur, Indiana, up north. Um, we've also got the Christmas Strong Ale. Uh, I got both of those at the same release. Um, it's incredibly strong. Uh, it's got that... I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of what makes a Christmas beer a Christmas beer. I think it's the spices, the spiciness. Um, it's not the spirit of Christmas. That's actually it, I think. Happiness. Elves come out of the woodworks toys. and put their, their sprinkle magic into it. Um, we've got one of the Omegon Game of Thrones beers. I don't quite remember what this is. I think it was the sour. If someone wants to snag it up, take a look at it. Um, By all means, Dave. And then, oh, Dongo, you. if you want to hand me the small boy, that's from, I believe, uh, Prairie Artisan or Artisan Prairie? Prairie Artisan Ales. This one is a de- it's deconstructed bomb, cocoa nibs, imperial stout aged on cocoa nibs. Okay. Ooh. So that's a big old boy. This one's a sour blonde ale. It's a queen of the seven kingdoms. So that's probably what we want to start with. Um, My body is ready. All right. I don't, I don't know how to get that thing open. That thing looks wild. I'll figure it out. Someone's gonna have to cast a magical <laughs> spell on it. Someone's gonna have to play with it. I could just eat the top of the bottle. You could. Fucking yeah. science. Oh, was it way easier than we anticipated it being? Gonna need a bottle opener. Oh. Surprise. Oh my god. Happened this to thing's one. like a fuck you up bottle opener. Yes, it is. This isn't like a hey, how's it going? I'm opening a casual bottle. This is like don't <laughs> walk down an alley with me, motherfucker. Catch me outside. I have I've actually How about that? Um Murdered Nazis with it. So whoa, great thing! Yeah, congratulations. Way to save the human race. There you go, sir. Yep, one day at a time. Uh, I'd like to s- shout out Evan Brown in the chat right now. Evan, can I just say he is a gangster. He commented on the uh, the Bruise with Dudes most recent episode on Journey into Comics Network's Podbean and was talking about how he lo- genuinely loves interacting with you and then listening to it while he's at college or doing whatever he's doing work or whatever it was. So. He was, uh, it's really cool to see people, like, say nice stuff, you know? Pass down, if you would. Uh, yeah, give me the smallest one, so. Oh, yes, sir. I smell the sour. Here you go, sir. Ooh, I did, too. Anything for you. you It's a long way down to to get down to this recliner chair. (laughs) Tyler's got the best spot. You know, I heard there's a, there's a rumor going around that a couple members of Death Clock might show up on this podcast today. Ooh. Yeah, Which ones? I'd love to see them. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to come by for a couple seconds and just fuck around, but, you know. Burger face is here. Yeah, you know what, Leonard? Just shut the hell up, man. I don't really want to deal with your shit right now, okay? I'm sorry. It's <laughs> truly impressive. I'm sorry, William. Murder Would face. anyone in the audience like to try this beer? We've got some extra. It's a sour. All right, let's get some extra. I like the, the audience. Our is like, adoring let's audience. Up. They're like little kids. You guys want hey, some candy? Hey, while we have a well, second. Well, keep your shirt on. Me. It's okay. It's okay. 
while we have a second, I do want to shout out thanks to Casey Taylor and North End Pub for allowing us this venue to do all these awesome things. If it wasn't for this place, I don't think we would all be able to do all this shit all the time that we get to do. Yeah. So shout out. Nothing but love to Casey Taylor and North End Pub. They do amazing things. Maybe the uh, the hardened hardened knight of the the metal scene, but he he would probably be the savior because when the. when the uh, copy boys decided that we were having too much fun at the house, Casey let us do uh, every single show since here. So he uh, awesome. he adopted us, and we appreciate and love him. Cheers to Casey. Cheers to Casey. Hey, to Casey. Woo! Let's get on it, boys. Cheers. Beer number one. Tyler. Oh, yeah. I drank mine already. Mm, that's good. I like it. It's I really it like Ooh, it. That's light. good, yeah. It is really light. I was going to say it has a really fresh ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, It's not McDonald's Sprite. It's got it's a different... It's not that crispy. It's, it's got a different... Not, but not it's, at all. It's, it's got like... Um, I don't... There's a... It's almost got a juice. Like a pure juice flavor. Like a, a grape juice. It's got, I'm just going to keep saying juice. It's got like... Juice. The, I like that you said that though, Nate. It's got like the mouthfeel of grape juice. Yeah. But it tastes... Way better. Yeah, it's got a really full flavor. Too. I concur. It's like a diet sour. Yeah. <laughs> I. No, it's the sour weirdest thing light. I've heard, but I love so it. I'm not even mad that you said that. La Croix sour. La Croix. La Croix. I fucking hate La Croix. Yeah, that's that's a running joke in the house. Anything that has no flavor is La Croix. Whatever. <laughs> it's like it's drinking like, waters. People are yelling flavors at you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They have those Mexican jalapeno M&Ms, and it's like the, the M&Ms were just left in a room with jalapenos overnight, and that's what well, they, they kind of smell took like. They the it. flavor through that's osmosis. The joke I've heard the most about LaCroix. It's like lemon-flavored is like if you put a can of LaCroix next to a pile of lemons. <laughs> they were stored in the same truck. Yeah, I like, right. That's, that's, I like that's the, how they get their flavor. I like the ones where it's like if you took what makes an air freshener, one of the like tree car air fresheners, smell good, that's what a LaCroix tastes like. Ah. Uh, <laughs> You like those little pine trees? That's what your water's going to taste like. now we're like. not getting a LaCroix sponsorship. Yeah, Damn, guess. they're pissed at us. <laughs> we were aiming for it, too. We will probably <laughs> we will probably get a uh, some sort of Game of Thrones sponsorship because I fucking love this beer. It's really delicious. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, it's, we've, we've had quite a few. They usually release one or two a year. Um, this year they did three. This is uh, Queen of the Seven Kingdoms. They've got the King in the North. And then there's one more. It's, it's, it's red... It's got a. I mean, it's like it's, uh, it's a Targaryen one. Oh. I think it's oh, uh, Queen of uh, Queen of, of the Fire. Dragons, maybe. It's a, it's know. definitely a Daenerys is it, one. Is it Did the you Mother know of Dragons? Did maybe what he said? Is it the Mother of Dragons? Oh uh, yeah, yep, that's it. Yep. Mother of Dragons. Uh, that's it. Did you hear that she had two brain surgeries? Yeah, yeah. aneurysm. Two aneurysms. Whoa. What? Whoa! The fuck? I didn't know that. Yeah, they yeah. just released that during the, her time on GOT. I'm pretty sure that was like Damn. season one, season two, and then they just never released. Yeah, they never let that information out. I wow. couldn't believe that. Unreal. I really hope that they do. It's not necessarily Game of Thrones, but I really hope that they get to utilize uh, Amelia Clark's character in. Uh, Star Wars more. Oh my god, yes. the solo. I thought she played a really cool yes. role. Um and by as we don't we we cannot get into the Star Wars solo <laughs> we'll we'll go super 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 hard. You know what's funny? But, but I Every time. I really liked it and yes. I thought they did a very good job of too. setting up more. Like Rogue One, yeah, the next episode's called episode 4. Yeah. But like with Solo, I feel like you could totally move on and get more into the spoiler alert 
the shit that Darth Maul got into with his crime syndicate. Yeah. God, that would be... There's so many awesome stories that you could tell with that, too. Because, you know, Darth Maul's one of those characters that's like Boba Fett, barely had any screen time, but the majority of the fan base likes them more than he, they like some of the mainstay characters. Such a presence. Absolutely. He, so intimi- like intimidating. The fact that he didn't talk much kind of made him even that much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's all Boba Fett all over again. But yeah, there, there's, there's so many stories that, that they could tell. And I'm, I'm 100% with you and everybody else at the table. I really liked... Going into the film, I wasn't super excited about Amelia Clark just because I've, I've, I associate her so much with Daenerys. And it's, it's one of those where I don't know... I don't know how well that she could play other characters that aren't that same uh, kind of archetype, but I loved it. Solo was great. Fuck all the fans that didn't like it. I, I like Solo. I need to reiterate something, Nick. Last week's episode of Brews with Dudes, you were talking about Solo, and you had recently had like a second watch. Yeah. The second watch, I want to just confirm with everybody, makes that movie a million times better. I was like, this yeah. is one of the best Star Wars movies. You, it does you, so much. You, people got to get over the... They don't all have to have the same feel. Yes. Like, right. like, like I, I, what I really liked about Marvel was that they don't. They have lots of different directors with their own take on things, and they've definitely been accused of, you know, just executives forcing change down. But um, yeah, I really, I really think that uh, Star Wars could benefit from from just letting things be different. Like one of the the Mandalorian is supposed to be like a noir qu- crime. I'm like, yes, Ooh. yes, I'm sorry. Great, Taika Waititi is playing Fuck IG88. Yeah, it, it doesn't need to be. It, it doesn't just need to be flying around in space, space battle, light lightsaber fights. Although I love all that shit. Like you, there's a lot more story there um, that you can work with. So. Um, I did address the sound problem. By the way, I will also say shout out to the uh, our foodies watching movies co-host Journey into Comics Network and uh, Walk Among Us his own Veronica in the comments telling us to wheeze the juice. Wheeze the juice. Wheeze the juice. The juice. No wheeze in the juice. Are we ready to dive into the next one? Sure, yeah, man. I'm all about that. I think we're jumping into the Prairie Artisan Ales deconstructed bomb. Cocoa nibs, imperial stout, aged on them cocoa nibs. It's the bomb. Dot com. I knew yeah, you I were going to say, say is it. Is it the bomb or just the? Is it just the bomb or is it the bomb? Dot com. Um, it it doesn't have the rights to the the website, but it is bomb. Nonetheless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Austin, we addressed the is sound issue. Is it the issue. bomb. Org? There's a sound issue. There was a sound issue, but for we fixed Facebook it. Facebook Live, but it should have been addressed. Yeah. How's the sound out there, guys? Yeah, Good. somebody in the if somebody in the audience wants to if they could get on their the phone, millions of fans out in the audience live stream outside, just let us know that the sound sounds good. That's what I that's what I have to do at shows. I have to go outside yeah. and, and listen to check it. Yeah, that right. makes sense. I've commented in the stream saying asking if it's still good or not. Take one down, pass it around. <laughs> Are you at three hundred beers yet on brews? You got to be near. Have it, to be right. Have to be. I mean, at least four or five per episode times seventy five is. I don't think it's ever been less than four. Evan says yes, there is still sound issue. Does okay. that mean it's off? Yeah. So we don't want uh, we don't want it, the audio coming from all the phones because it'll switch. So you oh, want you okay. want the audio coming from just one source. So we have the sound coming from that phone right in front of us. Uh, we could probably. 
we could probably get it come out of this phone over here and see how that works. Um, so sorry for the folks listening on Facebook Live, audio listeners. You probably have no idea what the hell we're talking about. They're like, about. everything's cool, guys. We yeah, every yeah. second. This is Sounds live, great. This is live stream slash podcast life. You know, something's going to go wrong and you just got to go with it. You, you, know? you guys can really touch on that, both Nick and Dick, because you guys are kind of, <laughs> at least for our network, the game changers of doing so many live streams over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I mean, all your episodes are, for the most part, live streamed. So you have to... One camera has sound, and then as soon as it switches to another angle, it does sound Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. okay. So... Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, interesting. Yeah, right there. All right. Program. Okay. Okay, this isn't this isn't the way I like it, but I guess we're gonna have to see how it goes. So the audio is gonna sound really weird on the on the live for this one, guys. I'm sorry about that. Usually we have uh, a uh, another source, just one audio, and for some reason I thought that if I turned them off, it would it would make now it work. it's working. It's gonna it's gonna do something. So we'll we'll see what we can do. Hell yeah! All right. So this is the Prairie. What's it called? It Prairie Artisan Coco Bomb. Coco Bomb. Bomb dot org. Yee yee. you. Yeet. Mmm, that's deep. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. I actually it's like chocolatey. this too. That's got a nice mm -hmm. beef. Mm. It's it's beefy, but it's smooth. It's very smooth. And it, I, it, it's got that booziness, though. And it doesn't taste like um, rotten cedar. I want you guys Good. to sit for a minute and just like after you take one sip, just breathe for a couple seconds because you really get the chocolate back in that kills. It's so good. Try to give it that when you're sipping. Give it a, a sniff while you're doing it. Oh, yeah. Sniff and, sniff and drink. It's, it's one the sniff. sniff and sip. You got it. Damn. That's like, just to say it, sexy. It, yeah. it, it, mm. it, uh, it hits all the old yeah. factories. This one's pretty all right. I've got a handful of prey artisans sitting in the... Uh, in the old cellar. Um, I don't think I know where they're from. They're always gifted to me. Because um, they're definitely not from around here. Prairie Artisan, just want to say, size doesn't matter. Smallest bottle on here, beefy. Beefy. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Small but beefy. 11.8%. It's the me of, of beer bottles. <laughs> Small but beefy. Beefy, bully. I'm just beefy. Looks like Drunk Castrophe's next. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, oh the next uh, the dungeons with dudes is gonna be a lot of fun after this. We're all gonna Man. be a little Ooh. lit up. That's gonna be all right. We brought tons of games to play. Um, I'm excited a, for all. Is ton. Siege Pong a beer drinking game? Oh my yeah. god, we won't. That's, I mean, that's we won't, dangerous. But it's, but it's not dangerous. You you build like so you've got your your cups laying out like for beer pong, but then you can add cups on top of it and build like a like a structure. Dick, Thanks, Evan. Dick and I know all about. Tower Pong. Hell yes. To, we used to get wild. We used to, so you'd have your, what is it, 10 cups, and we'd put a board over it, uh -huh. and then have nine cups on top of that, then put a board, and have yep. three on top. So it's three Shit. layers of Pong. Castle Pong. Castle Pong, yeah. Fucking A. Longest game That's intense. Ever. I mean, I'm down to try it tonight. Drunkest so. game ever, I bet, too. <sighs> Getting yeah. through that. Thanks, Evan Brown, also saying that the audio was fixed on our live feed. We really appreciate awesome. that feedback. I don't yes. know that my body's really ready. Join us in a new podcasting adventure where we will journey far and wide to worlds, planets, territories, dungeons. I'm Nick. I'm Dave. And this is Dungeons with Dudes. 
it's no secret that this is possibly the last of the Death, Death House. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. So, twice orphaned, take us away. Previously on Dungeons with Dudes. The party ventured further into the Death House, led by none other than the Dungeon Mother, Garta Anvilsong. Deep into the depths of this incredibly deep death house. <laughs> Depthy. We, do, we explored cobweb-ridden tunnels and decrepit, ruined rooms. And many things we saw, many relics and things of the past that could have potentially been evil or nefarious in nature. Of course, <laughs> most of them tended to be not anything of the sort. One thing, however, when we discovered an ancient room with an altar filled with standing water and what appeared to be a pile of refuse, we were confronted with the apparitions of cultists who told us we must sacrifice one creature in order to leave. When we didn't, the pile of refuse rose and we found that it was none other than their god, Lorigoth. The decayed? <laughs> Decayer. The decayer. <laughs> he will bring decay upon you. Of course we discovered it was no real otherworldly being, and it was just a shambling mound that really wanted to eat us and almost succeeded. We vanquished the creature, and now, as we catch our breath, we come to the final, final, thrilling conclusion of the, the death, death House. Death House. Let's see what Twyfe Orthrand cuts in half this time. Death House. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in. Excellent. So you guys had uh, slain the Decayer, and all the aspirations we, disappeared. One of us cleaved it right the fucking half. <laughs> he cleaved it. true. We're still proud of you. Yep. I Cleveland it. Gold star. Gold star. Does anything does anything happen when Lorgoth the Decayer dies? Other than the apparitions. <laughs> Other than yeah, we, <laughs> we, we kind of just like stop. No, no, no. Your, your uh, wife has lovely things your to wife. say about you. Twig. Goodness, she's bringing the flames. I kind of like the fact that Twig is kind of like the wait. Statler and Waldorf so, for this. So we have a. <laughs> She's doing a great job. We should have her here to do we that. A, a shambling Watts? Oh. Oh. Oh, my goodness. It's okay. I'm just really depressed because my wife makes fun of me all the time. <laughs> well, she I should be depressed see. because she married What was you. the question? <laughs> oh, don't worry. She was depressed before she married me. I'm depressed because I have to look across the table at you. <laughs> I'm just depressed. But anyhow, does anything other than the, the fucking specters disappearing happen? No. The chanting no longer... The uh, chanting stops. Um, you feel a slight change in, like, the force. No, it's just like... <laughs> Things oh. feel a little different. I can da, 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 in the air tonight. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Um, all right. So, <laughs> do, I'm guessing that the big dead monster thing didn't drop anything cool. It did not. And didn't wasn't, but like, resting on top of anything cool inside its little hidey hole. <coughs> As you guys search through everything, you guys can be able to take just, a look around. Just pulling up piles okay. of shit. You don't see anything. There's, There's some piles like, of poop. Inside. Okay. So, so much like poop. Why did the pile of poop? Poop house. <laughs> it's a shit bag. 
Well, that fucking sucks. There's some roots. <laughs> Sad. Some roots, some poop. Some roots, some poop. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we should probably leave this room and go explore other... Is there... Was there another way out of there, or is it a dead-end room? It was dead-end room. Dead no, there's another path that went up. The that was the, the tunnel that back to that, that, that tunnel leads back to uh, where you guys were at. We got into the room from a secret door, mm-hmm. right? All right, so we got to backtrack. We're going to backtrack. Who the fuck ate the breadcrumbs? To the door that had the secret door in it? <laughs> Damn it. I want to go through the other door. I don't want to go back to where we just came, because... There was a tunnel out on the other side. Well, it's the it's just, it Let's right just go through the tunnel, then. Yeah. I mean, we can go through that tunnel just to make sure there's nothing in there. And worse comes to worse, it just leads us back the way we need to go. To anyway. the tunnel. And that's exactly what happened. All right. Hooray! You take the tunnel, it leads you right back to that creepy room with the skulls and the bones. And the was the was the shambling what's the thing? Mouth. Was it like resting inside the mouth of the tunnel, or did it have its own little layer? Off oh, no, it had a little layer. Okay. Yeah, the tunnel was what it, it would slope down from that larger room as you guys came down. And then this the is uh, this is the, the room that we're in now is the secret room that we found with the secret door. No, this is the one that no. had all the relics in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But we, what was in the secret room? I can't remember. That was the prison. Ah, it was a prison, right. and then the the secret room was the big room. Secret room, technically, right? It was just basically. It looks like a shortcut through. Yeah. Okay. So how many options do we have? Yeah. Where where are we going? The room that we have now. None. Up. So we can just go back up. Okay. All right. So we go back up. Basically, let's go back until we get to a point where we haven't gone in another direction. Another option presents itself. All right. You guys head back up the stairs. Mm Mm-hmm. It's there's no more chanting. It's not as spooky. Still spooky. It is now back down to four spooky from five spooky. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. You guys hit, hit that landing, you go back it's upstairs. It's a spooky four. Uh, ahead of you, you know that it, one is the quarters, and the other one is the like dining room. Um, and then there's that like four-way intersection. There's a couple of stuff you didn't All right. So yet. Let's go back to that four-way intersection, and let's go we left went. instead of right. Yeah, alright. It works for me. May as well. Alright, so you guys hit the intersection. And we keep going um, forward instead of turning. You guys to go straight or turn to the right? Because it, it did, forks. Did yeah, so turn. like, okay, so we came Not from forks. this way, right? Mm-hmm. The dining room is back this way, so we're coming from this direction. So to our right is the dining room, and we have a path that's straight ahead and a path that's to the left. That's to where the, we're at. To the, the right from where you're at. Be to the right, straight and the right. Uh, I think to the right is the... We're coming from this way. It's just the, way, the way that it's oriented is wrong. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Down here, way over here. Let's just go left. Yeah. Let's just go left. All right. You to guys. The left. To 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 the left. You knew that was going to happen. You had to have known that was going to happen. <laughs> At least it was too late. You, my lips already started moving. I was like, oh, no, no. What have I done? Sorry. It leads to a hallway. Words get back in me! Alright, what is the, uh, what's at the end of the hallway? It leads to a hallway. Oh. Uh, So it leads down, and then the hallway veers again to the left. Mm Mm-hmm. And and then it goes for a little bit, and then veers again, so basically, and then it opens up into a room that I didn't have on the right page. Oh. Oh, no. It leads to a looks like a uh, a den, like a, like there's a um, there's a chandelier suspended above a table in the middle of the room. 
Uh, two high-back chairs flank the table, which has an empty clay jug and two clay flagons atop it. Iron candlesticks stand in two corners, their candles long since melted away. Since it's a study, Since it's a study are there like books in the walls? <coughs> no. No. Nice. I'd like to roll perception for the room. Perception as well. That is a 19 perception. Alright, you're still you're still in timeout, buddy. Alright, so with your 19. perception, uh, you don't see anything out of the ordinary. Uh, in the room, uh, there is um, as you get in the room. Towards the back end and to the uh, left, there's a door. Okay. And then um, on the right-hand side, there is a uh, hallway that leads to a different room that looks like maybe like a uh, a bedroom. Is the door closed, shut, open? The door is closed. Okay. But there's a, there's a hall that leads to like a bedroom. Is there a lock so. on it? Are you going up to the door? Yes. Just, just, just going up to it. Okay. Hold on. Let me get to the right page here. Having percepted the room. Veronis, what are you doing? I percepted, all right. It was better than the... Veronis, what are you doing? Hey, what's going on out of here? So you go to, to reach to see if the door... I say, I'm not really messing with the door. I'm just door. kind of looking at it. Oh, there is I'm a lock. Okay. There is a lock. Okay. Yes, here we are. Make our way over to the racks in the bedroom. I want to see if there's anything in the bedroom, my guys. Is that... That sounds a bit whiny. I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> that broke <laughs> is stupider. What would you like me to roll to make sure that the door is not trapped? Um, There's an, inspe- so like- there is an, an investigation skill. <laughs> Try investigation. I haven't used that yet, so. That's a 10. Don't seem trapped. 14. Are you guys looking at the door, or like, do you like trust the door or see if it's locked? I... They're all over there going. <laughs> yeah, we're we're thinking about Basically, the door really I touched hard. Touch the fucking door. Okay. Someone touched the, the damn door. Okay. Throw the so money at the door. Y- you reach the door handle, mm-hmm. and like this tongue comes out of the door and Wee! and like licks, licks your hand and like attacks you. Ew. Ah. Give me a second. Door's a mimic. Roll door's initiative. A mimic and a, door's a fucking mimic. Oh my god. I didn't realize the door would be. Oh, like, you can make, like, anything into a mimic. Wow. Fucking four. And as, as you notice, this, like, tongue comes out, and then, like, teeth yep, come out of the mimic. door. <laughs> Ten. Oh, and it's a 17 on me. 17 on you. Do I add anything? Hey! Your initiative? You have your initiative. Ten. So, it's nine. <coughs> Roll a nine? Yes, I rolled a nine. I rolled a 20. Unnatural 20. 19 plus 2. 19 plus 1. Shit. I don't know why so I keep doing that. You but. and I have to roll again because we both got 17 to try and figure out. Thank you for joining us, uh, Selgreen. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the death house. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to fight a door. <laughs> Uh, it's a four. We're all gonna go before the door. Now, does it get like I mean, a surprise is, attack it, on me? It, it, it is, is a surprise attack get it? on me. Get it? We're all gonna go before the door. But up, up, boom. I don't get it. I don't know. I just want to. Uh, does a twenty hit you? Just barely. Um, can we place our stuff? Yes. Yeah. Give me one second. Okay. Do you have a door token? It'll be a little rat bastard. For ten points, 
Ouch. Is it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ouch. Hey, this can be. Uh, of course, I touched the fucking door like a guy. There you go. No, that doesn't. Okay. I'll that looks corny. You can now use my shield and sword. I, I've already got my guy. Oh, okay. That's, so it's just gonna that lash out. Actually, that one's made of black one. And get a good hit on you. What's That's wrong with the white one? That's David didn't have any white ones in his box. Anyhow. Oh, turn it around here. Um. Put me up by the door since I was close to it. Well, yeah, I'll say that that mimic will be the... the I wasn't including my magic damage and, like, to hit. Yeah, whatever. That's not a big deal. Uh, what do you want to we do also to be might. Gertha? You want without arms because you're stuck? Sure, I'll just be the one without arms. <laughs> uh, so now now do we go into, like, normal initiative? Yes. All right, who's who's first? You. I uh, yeah, believe yeah, you. it'll be you. I'm going to fucking hit this door because, ouch, that hurt me. Uh, does a... Thanks, 17 hit the door. <laughs> yes. Knock, knock. <laughs> knock, knock. Dumb door. I hate you. Uh, that would be a nine on the door. Nine on the door. Fuck the door. I get, I get the big figure back. Oh, also, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we'll say that hit still goes through, but uh, you're also adhered to it. It Ooh, like grappled you. So you're just... Uh, do I need to make a save? Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, but, 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 in terms of... How big is this hallway? Like, how close can we actually get to this thing? Cause... Standard hallway. <laughs> like, uh... Probably ten feet. Okay. Uh, it's a, a, a... Escape DC 13, it says. Basically, it's like a grapple... Okay, grapple is yeah. is uh, yeah. Uh, you'd be doing athletics to get away with that. That would be athletics. Yeah. Escape DC thirteen. So like everything is. You still be able to hit it, but it kind of grabs you with its like it starts pulling you into its mouth. Oh yeah, I got an eighteen. All right, so you're able to break free, but it still hurt me bad. Who is next? I am. Also, did you guys get your uh, uh, healing surgery thingies back? From short rest or no? Yeah, yeah. I got, I got my spin. Yeah, I'm, I might have to spend one of my fucking healing slots on me because the door. <laughs> well, I am going that fucking to. Fucking door. Oh, where'd it go? Hmm. Hmm. Mm. The R and D department. Mimics is naked and unaware. Mimics are classic D and D. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm just gonna. Normally they're like chests. Was, uh, you know this when uh, as soon as you mentioned something about a tongue coming out of the door, both of us went, "It's a mimic." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna classic. I'm yeah, gonna hit it. Yeah, that hit it. 